you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers Podcast. If you'd like to get started with three of our best tools, see the link in the show notes. They're free and video training is included. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week we're diving into the fifth domino of the e-commerce sale and that's adding trust and credibility. So let's get started. Hello Ian, how are you? Good morning. Good afternoon, good afternoon. So you've got your yes. cup of tea. I know. Well, it's, the, the first... it's, it's quite late in the uh, in the afternoon for me, hence why yeah. I say good afternoon. And, um, you know, I was trying to reduce my caffeine intake, so I've swapped it to tea. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's good. Uh, I, I drink tea before I go to bed. I can't sleep as well, though, to be honest. It's still quite strong for me, but I don't really drink coffee. So uh, anyway, the most important thing is to ask you is the weather, because when I've talked to you before, you had a like a, a woolly coat on with a big thing, and obviously for the podcast to look good on the video, you've taken it off. But I did uh, had a big, yeah, a big ski jacket on, and I'm inside. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not, it's not, not like I'm outside. It's that cold. It's just the weather is plummeted. It's like four degrees. Yeah, and uh, so, we've had more, more, more people uh, tell me that they like us talking about the weather. Uh, but I think, to be honest, he said he said that I like if I say I like you talking about the weather. Can I get a plug? And that was uh, that was Forever Everton, who was one one of the people we were working with. So there you go, Forever Everton. It was for the Everton Football Club, and uh, for all your nice. Everton football needs, go yeah. and have a look at his store. I'm going to get absolutely cascaded with people telling me how much the weather they like the weather just for a shout out. Done too now. We don't need any more encouragement. I mean, when we're not no. recording the podcast, it's still our default go-to. It is. It is. It's a good icebreaker, isn't it? Anyway, you'd be happy to know it's raining here. And I started wearing a jumper today, yesterday. So it's, it is what it is. All right. So I believe we had a week off, um, but we're in the sequence yeah. of the um, dominoes. Not and because I was, it was half term in the UK. Yeah. End of February, nice. half term. And at this point, I should say... The um, it's when e-commerce sales start to pick up in the UK. Um, mm. It's when the kids go back to school. And last 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 week of Feb, because uh, February is normally one of the worst, slowest months for e-commerce in the UK. It's always been yeah. a tricky month. And, and America, um, and America can be really poor as well. And it's it's one of those months as a media buyer that I just was always like, I just want to get to the end of this month because it, it, what tends to happen is whoever I was buying media for would freak out because they they everybody is very much focused on that last two weeks that they're looking at and they go oh this is really bad I'm like yeah but last week last year was bad and and also the the trouble was with covid like a lot of those februarys weren't real februarys because they were mm. either in a lockdown or they were in that boost and then so you had like two or three years of not having the february and now we're having the februarys again and people are like oh what's this drop in it's sales the, it's when seasonality is yeah mm. becoming normal becoming yeah, normal again normalizing it again yeah so yeah it is what it is anyway um we're on to i think the six dominoes i think is that right there is mark six, six dominoes and we're on to the fifth domino actually yeah i know what the last domino is and this one is trust and credibility isn't it this is what that's we're right we talk about today so la- so yeah. last week well the two weeks ago we taught we combined the third and the fourth together and the third yeah. and the fourth was job to be done and what's and what people want 
and then anxieties, which is what people worry about. That's what they don't want. Mm. So we, so we normally talk about those two things together. Is, yeah. is it worth just saying what the, what the six are dead quick or not? Yeah. Because, so um, if everybody's like me, I've got no idea what they are. So such faith in the, uh, in, in your the little brother. Yeah. So, uh, first one's, um, busy restaurant test. I forgot myself. First one was busy restaurant test positioning, which yeah. is like brand positioning, make sure you're in the right place. Second one is navigational flow, which is how people, helping people find the right product. Third one is job to be done, like what they actually want. Um, fourth one, anxiety reducing. Fifth one that we can talk about today is trust and credibility. And then the final one is um, offer architecture, hmm. taking action, offer architecture. So the just to t- summarize the, the trust and credibility one, um, it is about proving that you can back up the job to be done and the anxiety reducing. And, and I think it comes, it comes a lot. I think you said this last time that you were talking about when you invite people into some of our e-commerce programs, you always ask them the question, you say, well, you know, tell me about your business. Why should, why should people buy from you? And they often say things like, oh, we've got great customer service. We're a family business. We really care. We go the extra mile. Yada, 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 yada. And then when you have a look at the websites, there's no evidence whatsoever that they've actually ever done this. And so the trust and credibility is really, overall, it's, it's, it's showing people that people have bought from you before. But more than that, it's actually giving evidence that, that you've uncovered during the job to be done, which is what people want and what they're anxious about. It's it's honing in on those by giving proof in not just and we're going to go through where and how we do it, but not just one line in a in you know some random place on the, on the site, but it's 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 oozing itself in many orifices of the entire e-commerce business, <laughs> not just the website. <laughs> oozing itself lovely. out of every orifice. Is, yeah, what but it used before the recording, which was resonating across the site. It's probably better than oozing out of every orifice. It's probably it's a way you just better describe <laughs> I it. Yeah. As, as, I, as I tell the stories. Yes. Yeah. So I think I think the first thing the first thing you've got to realise is that not all trust is equal. And obviously any kind of trust you could put on the website will help. But like there was the kind of like the check in the box trust that we used to put on our e-commerce sites that kind of helped. And, you know, like that showing people, you know, not coming to the site and being, you know, seeing that kind of like, be the first to review this product and all those mm. kind of things. It's like putting the the energy on it. It's like, then you go back to the busy restaurant test is that there's the people are buying from the store. But that when we started to really see breakthroughs with the conversion rate was when we were adding the right kind of trust. So the trust in what and what yeah. we wanted to prove and what we wanted to, to do. Because often we'll say to people, okay, yeah, go and put some testimonials on the site. And they'll just put some testimonials on the site. But they, they, there's testimonials and there's testimonials. And some of the testimonials are really interesting. And one thing you said um, before, which was when people sign up to my programs, I asked people, you know, why would someone buy from you? Like just in a few words, why would someone buy from you? And the reason I asked them that is not necessarily because I want to actually find out why people buy what they think there is the reason people buy from them. And then I can understand how far they are away from where they actually need to be and where I've got to teach them and where I've got to coach them. Because yeah. effectively, the answer to that question reveals a lot about the 
maturity of the conversion rate of that business. And if someone says, oh, we're a family business and we've got great service and that's why people buy and, um, and it's not on the site, effectively really answering the question with, I don't know why people buy from me. Because there's a difference between between those two answers. And, and, and effectively, someone says, oh, people buy from me because we're the cheapest in the market. We've always got the best price. Like, I, I understand that they understand that market. And after selling other people's products, that's probably, you know, that we've got, you know, if someone said, you know, one of our really big clients who sells other people's products said to me, oh, health products, we said we've got the best availability of the health products. We've got trust and credibility on the website. And we always, we're always like, we've always got a great price. Effectively, they've, they've figured it out. You know, that's, that's a very simple one to understand. But in terms of other websites, you know, like, oh, people buy um, Apple headphones because they're, they're, they're the best in the market and they're, they're, people, people want them. And it, you know, they understand why they're buying it. And what's happening is they're coming to the Apple store with a huge amount of trust and credibility already baked in before they arrive. Mm-hmm. And that's the, um, we, you know, when I've done my speaking events when I when I get one of the stories I tell is I show a picture of you and me um uh with in a perfume ad and so we basically yeah. took the the Johnny Depp Savage uh ad with Johnny Depp looking all you know obviously Johnny Deppy and I swapped yeah. his face for our faces and and yeah. changed the name of Savage to the Hammersley Brothers fragrance and people laugh at it and but it's deliberately uh supposed to be silly and um and the reason is it's because well imagine how silly it would be if mark and i launched our own perfume brand mm. um or aftershave brand because we have no we have no trust and credibility in that space at all so all we've done is copied a beautiful ad and changed our name and that's what sometimes happens so if you're looking at certain fashion brands or certain websites certain e-commerce stores selling different things. They often go, well, who's the biggest player in this market? Okay, uh, it's, um, you know, it's it's Ralph Lauren. Okay, so we'll make the website look like Ralph Lauren. And, and of mm. course, nothing happens. It doesn't work. No customers are buying. And it's because they, cause they can't just copy Ralph Lauren because that would be as ridiculous as us. So all, these, all these big brands, they own that part of the market. When you, and by, To own it, they've built it up over time. And therefore, they own it, and they therefore don't need to do the trust and credibility piece. But you are—they can get away with it, yeah. You can get away with it, but if you are so, a kind of un- incumbent new business coming after their market, you've effectively got to build it yourself. And if you're asking people to do that on the website, then you've got to do it on the website, or you've got to do it in your Facebook ads mm-hmm. and Instagram and on those kind of things. And it, I mean, it's, remember, yeah, I'll say I say a couple of things, if I may. But mm. if you break down trust and credibility into two things we are essentially saying that trust comes from evidence of customers who've bought before Mm. and credibility comes from third party recognized sources that people know already so that in an ideal world you need two of those things so now you don't need to launch straight away with with third party credibility but it certainly helps so trust is from customers and third-party credibility is from third-party credible sources people recognise in the industry. And so the way I would start it is I would be doing review mining. So I'd be looking at my reviews that I got through Trustpilot or wherever it is or my own personal ones that you've collected. And you'd be looking for ones that really resonate that 
job to be done or anxiety. So the last time we talked about job to be done and anxiety, and sometimes you find a brand positioning leans close to close to the anxiety uh, for more problem solving rational purchases. It's more about reducing the anxiety, and if it's more of a desirable purchase, it's, you tend to lean more into the job to be done, which is about desirability. Not always, but and then so you're looking for reviews that resonate. And I think for our demo store that we have, the bedding store. When we first launched, we just launched it quickly into the market, and we see what saw what ROAS we had, saw what conversion rate we were getting, and then there was a major step change when we, after the initial period, it was like a couple of months of launching. I don't know what it was, three or four months, and we said, right, okay, let's see what we can get out of this. And the major step change was that we leaned heavily into trust and credibility. Um, particularly trust of the reviews that we had we didn't have many but we had i don't know 50 100 at the time i'm going back a few years and we cherry picked the ones that we'd got that really emphasized the main job to be done and the anxiety and one of the reviews was it came through and it says something like i used to buy all my bedding from the white company then i found your your brand you know and I'm never looking back. And, and essentially, we found found reviews that really summarized why we existed and what the job to be done was. And at the end of the day, the job for our bedding was we had bedding that looked and, and that was as good as the top end bedding that you can buy in the high street from the white company, but it was half the price. And so we mm. needed evidence that people were going, oh, my God, this bedding is amazing. It's the best bedding I've ever felt. Best night, so we needed evidence of that from customers, and that's what we picked out, and we we repeated that. So we picked out these reviews, and we and we essentially made sure that it was shown throughout the, the whole website on every page, not just the home page, the product page, the mobile product page. The repeated three or four times of different reviews that were really hitting the job to be done, and it was the same thing on emails too. And it's the same thing on our um, our meta advertising mm. that, that's that's going to be launching, and and all the abandonment welcome progress. It was it was like, how do we prove that the main thing is our bedding is better than the white company, but it's half price. How do we prove that? Well, we need customers to rave about it. So we didn't just plug in the standard Trustpilot widget that pulls mm. in the the random five star reviews or th- or whatever reviews that are coming in that said things like. Oh great, bedding arrived next day. Oh great, customer service was excellent. Um, that's not why people were buying the bedding. They were buying the bedding because it was amazing. It was the best goddamn bedding that they'd ever bought, and that's what we needed because that was why people were buying. So we cherry picked them and we highlighted them. We rammed it down people's faces so they just couldn't miss it. And that's when really we got that huge step change of conversion rate. I mean, it doubled mm. really, didn't it? It doubled, yeah. it, which of course we doubled conversion rates. We doubled the ROAS, which we can pull the traffic lever, and off we went. We put a frame, and we put a and a, a reason why we we kind of said, look, these these you know these guys, we're better than these guys. Effectively, is what we were saying uh, through the testimonials, and that's what we're proving. Whereas, it we hadn't got anything to stand on before, yeah. and we didn't know. You know, you've got to find something to stand on. And I think I was just whilst you're talking, I was thinking, do you remember? Remember, like one of the early home decor sites in the UK was called Graham Green. I think they're still going. Yeah, still going. Just looking yeah. at the website at the moment, and they 
they were one of the first companies to put on their homepage as seen in, like the as seen in the magazines. And they used to put in like as seen in Home and Garden and those kind of magazines. And they were just like images of the uh, the magazines they were in. And they had that for years. And I remember this was like maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I was like, you should say, oh, you should do what they do. And I think that what's happened is that, yes, that was enough back then. But now it's not enough to just show the images effectively if you want to use those, like the, one of the quickest ways to get trust and credibility is to get a quote from someone mm. who you can borrow credibility from and get them to say something. So, you know, the example we've given on the podcast before is that proper cloth company in yeah. the US and proper cloth in, I think, 2011 or something like a huge amount of time ago, they got a quote from GQ where they say our new favorite our new, shirt company. Yeah. And they have used that in their Facebook ads religiously for um, at least 15 years. And the difference between saying as seen in GQ and GQ saying these are our new favorite comp- uh, shirts is huge difference because effectively they are, they are they are saying an endorsement. And, you know, when you look into that, you want to go and get those quotes. They can be expensive. But if you can manufacture those or have an article in the, in the thing and pick something out of it, um, they can work really well just yeah. to kind of give you that that kind of like it's almost like you know those Super Mario Brothers. It's like the power up. Suddenly you become three mm. times as big because you're cutting through cutting through the noise. But it's not enough now just to put the logos on to say, oh, we've been seen in these magazines. Yeah. But it's like, who cares? It's not people don't care. And also you've seen people like Forbes magazine. Effectively, you could pay two grand a year to Forbes magazine, and you can get an article in it. So anybody can do it. So, so you know, I think a lot of the times the problem with with e-commerce is you can't you can't touch, feel, experience the product mm. you know, like you can in a physical store. So you know, a physical clothing store, you can go in, you can try it on, you can feel it, you can touch the fabric, you know, you get a really good idea of it, how it fits. Online, the only thing you've got to go off is an image or a video. And mm. what other people say about it. So it's so yeah. important to get this done. It, it, it literally is that power. And I think the other mm. mistake that I think people make is they they showcase the the reviews too soon. Like with our demo store, like until we had over a thousand reviews, we never never put our review widget that you know there open for everybody to see because it would have said you know you've got 310 reviews and i see that all the time with smaller businesses who and sometimes they say oh well we've just changed our review working with a business now that's doing 15 million and they've just changed their review engine to another one because they've moved from like fifo to Trustpilot, and Mm. like this is a big business doing 15 million and it says right at the top um 315 reviews Mm. and and i'm like that's why your conversion rate plummeted because you've you, yeah. you, know, you so until you're building up a, a decent amount of reviews you should not be showing your big review widget um you yeah. know in its default form because it just because what happens is it makes you look like it makes you look like a tiny drop shipper it makes you look yeah. like it's basically here's evidence that no one's really ever bought from us from a tiny company and there's no trust and credibility. Like the opposite of what you want to achieve is actually it looks mm. like there's no trust and no credibility because no one's buying from you. And so you've got to be mm. really careful about doing that. So I, I say you hide it all until you build up the reviews, but you replace it 
with positioning cherry picks around yeah, position around you cher yeah. cherry pick but also saying things you know how many years you've been trading how many products you've shipped you know how many customers you've dealt with those sort of things um mm. that you that you do be much much better presented and than, you can dive into the like the first 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 reviews like so we went to Waiheke island this weekend and we stayed in a in a house and we hired the house for the weekend and uh, we were a bit worried about whether or not it was going to be nice because it only had three reviews because it's kind of recently on come onto the market, but it was really nice. And looking back, we were kind of like, well, you know, it's like it's a lot of money. It's like to go and pay for two days and it's only got three reviews. But if they you know, made more of those first re reviews, maybe got someone interviewed or did a video of someone like going into the house for the first time and seeing it, you know, you can make a, a lot more of that trusting ability trust and credibility you've got even at the beginning to amplify it later on so you can get to the point where you've got twenty thousand reviews and people are seeing it and you've got that credibility and it's getting over that no man's land but realizing you've got a lot more work to get over that no man's land you've got to mm. put, you've got to fill the gaps that are there that you don't have from having loads and loads of reviews but there are also lots of companies who have loads of reviews and the trouble is with it is that if you come to that site and say they've got 20,000 reviews and you come to the site and they scroll down to the reviews, the reviews they're going to see at the bottom of the page are just going to be the most recent reviews. And typically a company that gets a lot of reviews, a lot of those reviews are like, yeah, four out of five, five stars. And it's just like, yeah, great service. Uh, we'll buy again. They don't give the, the, mm -hmm. the buyer very much to go on to actually understand whether they should decide to, to buy the product. And effectively, you've got to... You'll see it. Everybody will see a certain review come in and go, oh, that's a fantastic review. Wow, that's really good. You know, it's like, well, yeah, show it to people. Bring it out. Where are you going to put it? And so a lot of our early split testing uh, that we do is actually the most powerful testimonials because, I, you know, you, I, I have an idea of which ones might be most uh, powerful, but I'll come out with about 10 usually from each client and I'll go, right, I think these are the best testimonials, but I know one of them or two of them are really going to hit uh, a lot harder. But I don't necessarily know which one it is because you can only get into the right area for the conversion, right? You know, that's part of the experience you have. It's like you know where it isn't. You know where it probably is going to be. But within that, that's probably going to be something that resonates. It's like, you know, you find that note that resonates and you suddenly hit it and it's quite subtle and you suddenly mm. hit it and it's a lot louder. And, and the, that's like the conversion rate works like that. Well, we've so, put, uh, you know, we've put that like really high up on the product page. You know, if you, if you think it's pretty obvious when you say it, that if we're trying to sell bedding, for example, and we want to highlight a review and we put it right at the top, we put the, you know, the, the trust pilot, you know, 4.8 out of 5. We have a review that says, great, it arrived next day. Thanks. And that was the one that we chose yeah. versus, oh my God, this bedding is amazing. Best night's sleep I've ever had. Yeah. You so, say, yeah. well, I have a much better idea of what that product's like. So that's completely obvious, but a lot of people aren't doing this. Um, and I think we have, we if, if, if there's one thing, because we, we talked before Christmas about positioning of the brands and how um, we've really leaned a lot more into that brand positioning piece of, of emotion and where people were psychologically. But it's it, it, it very, very quickly followed by the evidence of it. So what mm. evidence do we have that can prove that these, you know, this is this is you know why we can, why people should buy the product, and because it, it, without that, it's just a statement to say we have the best bedding, 
Um, but without mm. any evidence of it, it's meaningless. It's just like, you know, your, your masses of description that you might be writing. You know, no yeah. one really cares unless you can prove it and it's easy. And a good review can, can cut through, you know, a thousand review, uh, words that you're writing in your description. You know, it's really, mm. it really can be like night and day. I think the other couple of points probably worth mentioning around trust and credibility is what, what review engine to go for. Um, okay. And that's a point. And also, you know, you find that you might have like Facebook reviews, which is like three out of five or Google reviews. So people tend to find places to leave bad reviews. So, you know, what you do around those examples. Yeah, because if you don't, like, like for example, as soon as we started running the bedding site, we noticed on Google that our, um, our second biggest search term for the brand was brand name, Trustpilot reviews. So we were kind of like, well, in this industry, Trustpilot is the big one. Now, if we if we just seen you know brand name reviews, then we wouldn't necessarily go on with Trustpilot because Trustpilot's probably the most annoying review engine to go with. They kind of they're expensive. They own your reviews. They make it difficult for you to leave. Whereas the other ones like Reviews.io and um, uh, well, yeah, there's loads of them, but they they basically make it much easier to move around and they're, they're much more easy to deal with. But Trustpilot in certain markets have got have got that. I think particularly uh, in the consumer UK. look for it. Yeah. yeah. I think in the UK and also they tend to be the first organic review engine in the UK, annoyingly. Mm. So if you take your brand and what I would do is I'd take take your brand name, whatever it is, um, mm. and just put brand name space reviews and look at which review engine's coming up first and really go yeah. with that one. Because if you might be with FIFA is, yeah. and have loads of reviews on there, but the first one is like 200 reviews and it's all the customers that are moaning about moaning. it because they, they just want to find somewhere to put a bad review. If that and... happens, then really the only thing you can do is sh- try and shower them, shower that with, with good reviews. So if, for example, you let's say you're on FIFO, but Trustpilot's coming up naturally, um, as an example, could be some of the others, but trust, trust parts coming up first and it's like two, two out of five average. You know, that's the first impression people are going to see. And really you need to sort that out. So I would then, I would direct some reviews for say, you know, a few weeks or a month, depending on how big you are to the trust pilot or, you know, the one that's coming up organically and just get it above four. I think as long yeah. as you're above four, it's fine. If you're below four, it's not fine. And it's the same with Google review or Facebook review. Just get it above four. Yeah, and it's so people, okay. do, people will do due diligence, but they won't work that hard at it. They'll just look at what's at the top and they'll go, they'll go, oh, no smoke without fire. And they'll, they'll leave if there's, if there's those bad reviews at the top. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference to the Massive. effective overall ROAS you're going to get because you're always going to get the 20% of the customers who always go and check and if you don't get those 20%, you're going to be 20% down. So yeah. it makes a difference to... You know, I, I would say the people who were unsure about whether or not to go to get a review, you know, review engine, just do it. Just go for it. Because it's also, it, it, is a, it is a real asset for not only for obviously new customers looking to, you know, who are deciding whether or not to buy from you from an initial recruitment perspective, but also... For your business value. I think if you're trying to yeah. sell an e-commerce business, you know, that's doing, you know, I don't know, five, 10 million, whatever you, whatever you get to, and you're trying, you're then going up to potential buyers. If you've got 10,000 Trustpilot reviews, that is really, really valuable as a, 
as an asset to have versus mm. somebody who hasn't got any, you've got 500 on this platform and 200 on this platform. I think it's, I think it's a really nice, compelling asset to own. Mm. It's, it's worth its weight in gold. It really is. In my, in my opinion, if I was looking to buy an e-com brand, and we saw one the other day, it was um, a jigsaw company. And because they were selling jigsaws, the average order value was very low. And they're getting loads of reviews. I think that particular demographic like leaving reviews. And they had built up something like 33-something trust five-star, like four average. And it's just like, that's amazing. It's so powerful because the time it would take to build up that level of reviews would be years and years and years. Um, and it's in a really nice place to use as a as a pivot to launch other products from really so mm. yeah build it up go for it yeah and i think it's also like for a lot of products like if you're selling other people's products like a lot of the time the sale on the product has been done so like we're working with a really big health company at the moment and they they one of the models is bringing over brands from the us that's popular in the uk and if someone is looking for that product in the uk and can't knows it's an american thing but looking at it in the uk they're pretty much sold on the product so they know they want to buy that product. So if that's your website, effectively it is come down to things three th- three things. It's availability, price, and um, um, at speed of delivery, really, isn't it? And ultimately, well, then who, yeah. And then who do I trust? Do I trust that this yeah. business can deliver on the speed, the availability, and the and the um, and the pricing? Yeah. It, do I actually think it's genuine? And they look for yeah. trust, evidence of trust and credibility. And that's really the main thing. If you're selling other people's products. Mm. You know, like you just to break down what you said, the convincibility and desirability is already there in the products that you're selling. You're selling other people's products they can buy anywhere. Mm. So it's already there. You don't have to worry about building up the convincibility and desirability of the products that you're selling because that exists. That's why they're coming. But the Mm. main job is to convince people to buy from you. And that comes down to really evidence of, of... trust and credibility many many times because you can have a yeah. an amazing warranty or an amazing returns period but unless you back that up with this overwhelming evidence that you've done this for hundreds of thousands or thousands of people for over a long period of time and they're all raving about you then that that mm. really is you know gold dust yeah but it's a different playbook when you're selling your own products to selling your you know to selling someone else's products and We've got it. Like, if you came to us and t- worked on that kind of site, it'd be a different things that we recommend. Like, so you yes. couldn't. Let's say you were selling your own brand of homeware, and you looked at someone selling uh, other people's brands of, you know, uh, of homeware. You wouldn't have a website in the same in the same way. Homeware is different because there's not many people selling branded well, homeware. Vitamins is vitamins is a good one. Yeah, supplements. If you're selling other people's supplements, and then if you're selling your own branded supplement the difference of the way you sell them is very different because they're coming to the site. do you know where you can see that? Sorry to I yeah. feel like I'm talking right. too much, Mark. You need to just tell me to start speaking. I didn't, this cup of tea has made me hyper. I can kick you off the call just <laughs> you at any me. time. <laughs> what I was going to say is that, you, that you'll see the difference. If you're selling your own products, your own brand of products that is only available for you versus selling other people's products online, the, the, like it is completely different. The strategy is different. And do you know fundamentally how you can tell what the strategy is, is looking at the reviews. 
So if you look at the reviews that people are leaving, let's say you're selling other people's products. Let's say you're a homeware store and you're selling many other people's brands of different homeware through your site. Look, the reviews will all be about delivery. And when it was mm. bad delivery be, and customer service, it will be about customer service problems, delivery problems, um, availability problems. Like I said, it was in stock and it didn't arrive and I took the day off work. and they couldn't. Like It will mm. be all about customer service and delivery versus if you're selling your own brand of products that, 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 and no one else's, it will all be about the product itself. It will be about quality of the product, color of the product. It will be about the comfort. feel, the comfort, mm. the value for money, all those emotional things. And so it tells you exactly how to position your e-commerce business and what evidence of trust and credibility is important. It's actually going to matter. It's mm. all, the answers are all there. Yeah, isn't it? They, they, they are. And I, I just think that there's the mistake people sometimes make is not realizing that um, there are two different markets, selling your own products and selling other people's. And it always takes me back to that. That guy who came into our offices in Manchester about probably about mm. maybe about six, seven years ago. And he had a chain of kitchenware stores around the UK. And yeah. he was selling all, all the stuff he sold was other people's products. And we said to him, it's about price deliverability and avail uh, availability. And, and that's pretty much what you've got online. And he said he was selling other people's products. He, he had yeah. no products that were exclusive to him. So his products yeah. you could buy in any website, anywhere, Argos, Salfridges, mm. John Lewis, Homebase. They were, they were just everywhere, weren't they? Yeah. And he said, he said, Ian, it's got to be something other than price. It can't just be about price online. And um, I think what he was going around the country was he was going around the country employing expensive e-commerce managers until he got one that, that told him the answer that he wanted to hear. And I think he employed somebody who worked at Bowdoin, was, was that the big clothing store, and they employed him. And within six months, I think they'd gone bankrupt. They'd gone, they'd just... It just completely failed that the high street uh, business had failed and the online business had failed because fundamentally he didn't understand the market he was in. And well, it was a different market because in the I didn't know you were going to mention that name. Um, <laughs> anyway, the um, you can bleep that one out if you want before someone well, no, sues I was us. Say, I didn't say the but, actual name. I said where the person <clears throat> came from was Bowdoin. Yeah, that's true. I suppose but it wasn't Bowdoin. But yeah, the the. The the reason was is that his business, from a bricks and mortar perspective, it kind of worked because he he put his little cookware shops in really nice affluent towns where there was a footfall, and there was only one cookware shop in that city or that town, and he had a he yeah. had a you know, kind of area, and that's what he did for many many years, and there were lovely lovely stores, really nice feel, and they kind of had that almost tourist effect of coming in the stores. But you take that business um, online and it just did not work. It just so, didn't work. Like what killed it as well was when everybody got mobile phone internet yes, and yeah. you're standing in front of a Kenwood mixer and he's asking £360 for it and you can get it on Argos uh, or Amazon for £260. You're just not going to buy it. Yeah. Whereas before you had that ease of looking up the price, he had a business. I think there's a, a lot of businesses that went and through that. Interestingly, interestingly oh. the, the person that bought that business, what do they do? 
they sell the same business with the same products, but they had replaced it with own brand product yeah, where yeah. they could control the margin and they could control what they could sell it for. And no one yeah. could price match because they controlled it. And that, that was, that's we're not saying, it. we're not saying that you're, you know, if you're an online business that's selling other people's products that you are in any means like doomed, not at all. We've seen some no. massive success. No. Huge success, particularly recently, actually. We've seen the, you know, some really, really Absolutely. great successes. But you, you know, you can't expect people to pay, you know, 25, 30% more than everybody else and expect people to buy. I mean, it's just fundamental. You've got to, you've got to go after other things. You've got to go after average order value, life and customer value. No. It's one of you the know? markets, the e commerce markets we probably know the best. And actually, quite, I just recorded the video of the big health one that you're going to look at this week. And, I actually think there's some really cool things in there that can be done to uh, increase the growth. I mean, these guys are going for like 200 million, aren't they? So you mm-hmm. know, it's got to be, it's got to be some interesting things in there to kind of keep that, that level of margin and level of growth going. But yeah, it's it, but you still have to understand that, 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 that you're the game you're playing. You, you can't turn up to a hockey match with a tennis bracket and expect to kind of no. win a hockey match. It's just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. I had a dream yeah. about a hockey match last night. I was playing a hockey match. We lost just at the last minute. They scored a goal. And I was really disappointed. Wow. Yeah, it just came back to me. Were you... <laughs> I think we can see... My... Is our father there? I mean, we all... The last time we all played hockey together was was a long time man. ago. But yeah, Dad, you, me, all played hockey. Yeah. For Stone Hockey Club. Yeah, I almost had a heart attack because it was going from not playing hockey to suddenly playing hockey was a bit of a shock. To the system, yeah. You're still playing, aren't you? We must be I fit. Am. Yeah, gosh. I mean, you know, wouldn't say rapid as I was. I think I'd have to play defence <laughs> now. That would be as much as I could cope with. Like, yeah, not inside left. What I used to play. It's um, a brutal game. I keep hurting myself. Like, yeah, it is. You have to really figure yourself around. Yeah, yeah, not good. Yeah, especially in the cold. Maybe you're going to practice no. in the cold and you hit the hit the ball. You really hurt your hands, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I think I think we've done trust and credibility in okay. Domino number five, and just as a sneak peek, what is Domino number six? Well, Domino number six is the offer architecture, but it's code word for reason to buy now, and that's yeah. the next one, which is a big one, which is a big part. Yeah, because I think I think sometimes people start with the offer, and that's wrong. Yeah, people start with yeah. the offer, and of course, you can't sell to Eskimos, can you? Because just because you got well, a special all... offer. It all, it, the reason why the domino to go back to the stories, they all work in order of each other. So, mm. you know, there's no point like the one we talked about today was trust and credibility and how that needs to ooze out of everywhere of the business. Of the orifices. Um, orifices. It needs to ooze out of every orifices. Is it orifices? That's not even a word. But it needs to be present in many places throughout the yeah. e-commerce business, not just the e-commerce store, but the emails and the remarketing and the Facebook ads and everything mm. and Instagram. That's that, that, that's really, really powerful. Uh, but people don't care about, do I trust this business if we mm. haven't demonstrated the job to be done or reduced the anxiety? Mm. So like, exactly. it builds on top of that. And it's very, very important when we get to the next domino, which is reason to buy yeah. now. People don't want to buy now. They don't care about an offer architecture if we haven't demonstrated trust and credibility because they're just not, not interested. So hence why it's yeah. done in order. Okay. We'll awesome. leave it there. Thanks, Thanks you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.